Well, this evening marks the 19th anniversary of my pastorate here at Calvary South Austin. And as always, I like to spend this anniversary evening presenting you with the vision for this church. And uh, with that, you know, before we dig into the details of our vision, I just want to take a moment to talk about the importance of having good focus. You know, there are some people who have the physical sense of sight, and yet they still struggle to focus on the objects that they're looking at. And, uh, you know, a person can have 20-20 vision and yet still struggle to focus their eyes on the things that are right before them. It's actually an ocular condition known as accommodative dysfunction, and it keeps people with normal vision from being able to focus their eyes on the objects that are right in front of them. And as a result, uh, they have to focus on focusing. You know, they they actually have to focus on focusing their sense of sight. And while some people have a difficult time with their vision because they struggle with this uh, accommodative uh, dysfunction here, uh, there are many others who simply struggle to focus uh, their, their faculty of sight because they allow their eyes to become distracted with things that they probably shouldn't be looking at. A perfect example of what I'm talking about can be seen in all of the YouTube videos that show people attempting... Uh, and then failing to walk and text at the same time. Uh, lots and lots of videos. I'm sure there's at least thousands uh, where someone, you know, is walking down the street. And next thing you know, they disappear into a manhole uh, or something like that because they're they're, they're focusing on the, the the phone. They're texting. They're they're looking at something uh, on their phone. One person. Uh, there's actually a video of this. Uh, they fell off a 60 foot cliff in Anchorage, Alaska simply because they were texting and walking. Uh, There's also a a Texas student who drove off a bridge because she was texting while driving. And and listen, don't get me started on on, uh, all of the accidents that uh, happen just because people are texting and driving at the same time. According to the stats, people who text while driving are 23 times more likely to be involved in a car accident. If you're texting and driving, you're 23 times more likely uh, to be in, in, uh, in, a, in a vehicle accident. And the reason why is because, you know, when you're texting, you're not really focusing your vision on what's happening on the road in front of you. And if you think it's bad now, just, just wait until all of the young adults who, you know, can't afford to pay off their student loans, uh, they start wearing these $4,000 Apple Vision Pro goggles don't know why you can't pay off your student loans, but, you know, uh, $4,000 set of goggles, you know. I like to call them Google goggles, but uh, that's probably not accurate. But these, you know, overpriced glasses known as Apple Vision Pro, just think about the, think about the terminology here. Vision Pro. And, and yet, you know, they actually block your vision from being able to see you know, beyond what's going on here, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, they, so, so they call this product Vision Pro while simultaneously encouraging users to make sure that they use this optical device in a, spa- a safe space that's free of obstacles and hazards. Yeah, they don't want you to use these goggles, you know, when there's other things happening, other things around you, because you really can't see what's going on around you very well. And, and they encourage the user to avoid running, uh, they uh, encourage the user of these goggles to avoid driving 
while wearing Apple Vision Pro. And so we shouldn't be surprised that there's already a guy, you know, on video, YouTube, uh, in his Tesla truck, you know, on autopilot while he's got his Apple goggles on and he's doing all this kind of stuff. And, oh, Lord, help us. Apple Vision Pro. It, it, it literally limits the vision of the user while saying it's a Vision Pro. Uh, listen, it's only a matter of time before we start hearing about all of the accidents caused by people wearing Apple Vision Pro. We're going to start learning about all the lawsuits, all the injuries, and all the issues uh, caused by people who went and spent $4,000 on a pair of uh, computer glasses. And listen, as we consider the way that people choose to limit their vision in all sorts of different ways with unnecessary distractions, you know, I can't help but to consider the way that many Christians also restrict their spiritual vision with unbiblical distractions. Yeah, it's, it's true. We, we oftentimes restrict our spiritual vision with unnecessary and unbiblical distractions. And it's for this reason that, you know, I love to remind you guys about the vision that the Lord has given me for this church. And, and, and so every year, you know, on the first Wednesday in February, uh, that's how I like to spend our time together. And so just to be clear, you know, as we're talking about the vision of the Lord, the, the word vision in this sense, it actually refers to the spiritual outlook that God gives us. And, and, and you know, the way that he's structured the church, we have to understand that God gives the vision for the church to the pastor that he raises up. And, and then uh, tasks that pastor with the responsibility to lead the church into accomplishing that vision. And, and while it's my desire to share the vision that God has given me for this fellowship of faith, it's also important to make sure that we are also then focusing our spiritual eyes on accomplishing that vision. Now, with this as the goal, I want to take a moment to remind you about the mission statement of this church. You might not know this, but our mission statement, it's actually the basis for then defining the vision of this church. And while our mission statement is defined, uh, defined by, uh, by these discipleship directives, uh, which lead us to, first of all, reach up, then reach in, and then also reach out. This is the mission statement that helps us to understand what is the vision of our church and how should we go about accomplishing this mission. And so with this as our focus, I want to begin by opening our Bibles to John chapter 17. Now, as you make your way to the 17th chapter of John, I want to take a moment to remind you that the first part of our mission, again, is to reach up. In other words, Calvary South Austin, it ought to be a church where Christians are making our relationship with God priority number one. Our, our number one priority here should be to connect with God and, and to have a relationship with him in the context of our Christian congregation. With this as the goal, uh, I want to point out that our mission to reach up is fulfilled when we focus our attention on seeking the Lord Jesus uh, through the disciplines of prayer, praise, and Bible study. Now, in order to grasp the value of this first point, uh, let's consider the way that Jesus puts it here in John chapter 17. I want to direct your attention there to verse 3, because here the Lord Jesus declares, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Here in this verse, we find the Lord Jesus, he's helping his audience to understand that the primary purpose of our lives is to know our creator, 
The primary purpose of our life is to know our God and his only begotten son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God incarnate or the Logos of God incarnate. And while we you know, tend to think about eternal life as something that we're eventually going to enjoy in eternity future, you know, we think about eternal life as something that happens after we die and leave this plane of existence. Listen, the Lord Jesus was helping us to see, uh, and he was giving us the clear vision to understand that we are experiencing eternal life today. Like, like grasp that for a moment. Eternal life isn't something that we're going to experience in the future, though, though that is true. But eternal life is something that we are experiencing today. And, and with that, I want to take a moment to ask, well, what is the best way then to experience eternal life today by knowing our Creator and, and by walking with the Lord Jesus Christ? What's the best way to know Jesus today? And the answer is simply this, by reaching up. And the best way to reach up to God is through prayer, as, as we communicate with God. Praise, as we sing his praises, and, and also through Bible study as we look to his word as his way of communicating to us. And with all this being the case, I want to take a moment to talk about the opportunities that we have to reach up to God together here in our church. One way is through corporate prayer. Uh, you might not know this, but, but we have small groups like the women's ministry, E31, where women are praying together. And every Tuesday night right now, the, the ladies are getting together and, and not only going through a book, but you know, they're giving prayer requests to one another. And you know, that way they can be praying for one another. And, and not only that, but we also have men's small groups, the uh, MPGs or the max prayer groups. And, and this is where guys are getting together twice a month uh, in order to you know, listen to prayer requests and, and, and pray for one another. And these are important opportunities uh, that, that we can engage in together uh, so that we can pray for one another, reaching up to God on behalf of one another. The servants of our church who serve in various ministries, you know, they pray together as we serve. And, and then also on Wednesday nights, you know, after this service, you know, people are encouraged to, to spend more time together, praying together. We also have leaders uh, who are here to pray for you, and you can come on up and ask for prayer. And, and so there are many opportunities to pray together here at Calvary South Austin. We've dialed this into uh, the way we go about our ministry. We also reach up together as we praise the Lord together. You know, as we gather together corporately to sing the praises of the Lord, we're reaching up. Every Sunday, every Wednesday before the Bible study, we have 30 minutes of praise. And, and you know, while, you know, it can be easy to treat that as like, you know, the window of time that we'll finally arrive at church before the Bible study, uh, you know, we really ought to treat it as, hey, this is important. Being here at church together corporately to sing praise songs to Jesus Christ, th this is the way we reach up together. And, and it's, it's, it's an important time that we should spend together praising the Lord. There are churches who make their praise music a, a huge production. It's kind of like a rock concert. And, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize that, but, but I like it to be a little more low-key. And, and, you know, my vision is to present praise music in, in a simple sort of way so that it's not in and of itself just a kind of a distraction like a concert. Like, like a, I'm not interested in a concert here. I'm interested in praise. I, I want us to praise the Lord. 
And so we offer a simple, you know, uh, way to do that with, you know, simple praise songs. You know, we're not trying to draw attention to performers. You know, we're not trying to put on a show here. We have worship leaders who are leading the church in praise. And that's, you know, part of my vision for this church. There are some Christians who act like this time of praise is less important than the Bible study. Listen, I'm here to tell you that when we get to heaven, what are we going to be doing? Praising the Lord. So, you know, if if you think that the praise time is less important than the Bible study time, I'm here to tell you that, you know, I I think... uh, I think that's a, a, you know maybe an understanding that uh, is a bit skewed. I can't help but to think of something the psalmist wrote in, in the hundredth psalm. Uh, there he declares, "We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise." You know, think about that for a moment. To, to, to really enter into real communion with our Creator, it, it's all about praising Him. And so we should. We have a time of praise, you know, corporate praise before the Bible study because it helps us to draw near to our gracious God. And you don't have to wait till you get here. I mean, you know, how much better would your Sunday be if you drove to church singing praise music rather than arguing, right? You know, imagine driving to church, getting on, here on time to praise together, but you actually primed the praise with praise music all the way here. And so by, that by the time you show up and you're ready to praise with the rest of the church, you know, you're, you're already in, in, in praise mode. This is a good way for us to reach up. And in the midst of all this, as we reach up to the Lord, I, I can't help but to think of something James said when he tells us, that God draws near to those who draw near to him. And so if you feel distant from God, the question is, are you drawing near to him? How do we draw near to him? Again, Psalm 100. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. If you want to feel close to God, if you want to draw near to him, or if you want him to draw near to you, then we ought to spend time drawing near to him with praise. Whatever would keep you from being here on time to engage in corporate praise, it's nothing more than a distraction. It's really nothing more than a distraction. And, and, and for me, you know, when I want to get somewhere on time, I think about, like, what, what, how much time do I think it's going to take me to get there, and then I add 30 minutes to that. Because I know I'm bad at math, and so I'm going to get it wrong. So might as well just go ahead and dial in that fudge factor so that I'm on time. And I encourage you to, to apply that to your lives Sunday morning. As much time as you think it's going to take to get to church, it's going to take longer. And because, you know, there's all kinds of distractions that keep us from you know, getting out the door and getting there on time. So dial in an earlier departure date or time, and that, and that way you can get here on time to praise the Lord. It'll be well worth the time. We ought to also reach up together by focusing in on the simple study of God's Word. And I like the way that Paul put it in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. There Paul is directing Pastor Timothy 
about the importance of Bible study. And it's in verse 14 where he says, You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Then he says this, he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul was actually instructing Pastor Timothy to teach the scriptures as the pastor teacher of that church. He's saying, hey, you know, teach the Bible to your congregation so that all the Christians there could, can be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And in light of these instructions, you know, I realize that I, as the pastor of this church, have been tasked with the responsibility to, to simply teach the Bible simply, line by line and verse by verse. As we gather together to study the Bible, we're actually reaching up together through the Word of God. As we gather together and, and, and study the Bible together, we're reaching up to God and, saying, and we're saying, God, speak to us. When we pray, we're speaking to God. When we praise, we're honoring Him. We're drawing near to Him. We enter into His courts and, 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 with, with the praise, right? And, and, but then we want to hear from Him as well. And so we focus on his word. And and as we focus on his word, we're reaching up and saying, God, speak to us through this word. And and those who want to hear from God, well, he speaks to them through the word. As we consider the opportunities that we have to reach up through prayer, praise, and through the study of God's word, I, I would just take a moment to ask, are you focused on fulfilling this vision? Or do you end up allowing less important things to distract you from accomplishing our mission, which is to reach up? And if you find uh, that you've become distracted, if you find that it's easy to skip out on on worship, or it's easy to to, to miss the study every other week and these sorts of things, because all the other things happening in our lives, I just bring you back to the fact that the most important thing that we can do in our life is to reach up. Because this is eternal life. Continuing to develop a relationship with our Creator by faith in His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I encourage you to spend time praying together at our small group ministries. I encourage you to be on time here for our praise services so that we can worship the Lord corporately and so that we can study God's Word together. I encourage you to make this a priority in your life that's more important than every other thing. We must keep God number one in our lives, and the best way to do that is by making sure that we are reaching up to him together. And listen, not only has the Lord called us to reach up through prayer, praise, and Bible study, but the Lord is also calling us to reach in by encouraging one another and by serving one another. And what this has the focus, if you would let, let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Here we find the Apostle Paul. He's directing every disciple to this very end. And as you make your way to Ephesians 4, I, I just want to take a moment to point out that born-again believers have become the bondservants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as such, we've been called to serve our Savior by serving one another. 
We've been called to serve our Savior by serving one another here within our fellowship of faith. And according to Paul, every believer has been called to fulfill a specific role here within our church. And with this as the goal, I want you to look with me here at Ephesians chapter 4. I want to consider the way that Paul puts it, beginning at verse 11. Here he declares, he himself, speaking of Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Here in these verses we find Paul, he's helping the Christians there uh, at the church in Ephesus to understand that every single believer has been called to do their part so that each church functions as a complete body uh, and, and resulting in the growth of the church, both spiritually and numerically. And while there are many dedicated servants here at Calvary South Austin who are doing more than their part, listen, it's sad to say that many are doing more than their share, and the reason why is because they're compensating for those who aren't serving at all. So, so you've got some people who are just completely maxed out serving because you have other people who just show up, thanks for the Bible study, and then they're out the door. Well, that's not God's design for the church, nor is that the vision for this church. And with that being the case, I want to focus our attention on the importance of our mission, which is to reach in here at our church. Think about it like this. The Christian who is truly reaching up and seeking a relationship with our Savior is then going to be led by the Lord to then reach back into their fellowship of faith so that we might spend time serving one another because that's part of the design for the church. And while it's my job to equip you, I'm the pastor teacher here who is called to equip each Christian for the work of ministry. Listen, my job, again, is to equip you so that you can serve. It's my job to equip you for the work of the ministry, and it's your job to then accomplish the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ here at Calvary South Austin might be built up and edified. Then when every member of this spiritual body functions in the way that they should and does its own share, the entire body becomes more effective. The entire body is more effective when every part is working the way that it should. Sadly, there are people who personally struggle with some form of paralysis. Some part of their body doesn't function uh, the way that it should. And, and it just makes life harder. It, it, it's more difficult for those who are struggling with some level of paralysis. And that's way, the way many churches are functioning today. There's some level of paralysis, spiritually speaking. And I get it, it's, it's easier to just be able to just show up, 
you know, get a Bible study and, and then leave and go on about, you know, the, the business of, of whatever it is is most important. But I challenge you to, to see the vision that God has given me, which is that we're not only here to reach up, but we're also here to reach in. We're also here so that every member is equipped for the work of the ministry. And with this challenge and focus, I want to remind you that, you know, there are all sorts of opportunities. So if you're thinking, well, I, I can't serve the Lord. Well, I would challenge that, that way of thinking because, listen, there are all kinds of opportunities here that, that enable every single person to serve each other here within our fellowship of faith. For example, just, just at baseline, we have the maintenance ministry that makes sure that everything in our facility is operating in, in the way that it should. This ministry also works on various projects, like last weekend. There was a group up here putting new paint on the wall. You know, who, who, can't, who can't roll a paint roller? And, and if you're thinking, well, me, I, I can't. Well, well we, can, we can teach you. You know, it, it really is easy. But that's, you know, I mean, we're, there's still more of the building to paint, and there's going to be opportunities that are coming. And if you're not serving and wondering where you can serve, well, get ready. We're, we're about to paint the rest of this, uh, you know, the, in, the interior of this building, and, and that's an easy way to just jump in and, you know, help make this a better place. There's the cleaning crew that preps the facility. If you, if you don't know where to serve, hey, there's... There's lots of free vacuums tonight after this Bible study that just needs someone to do this. Can you do this? Can you? Can you? Because I'm guessing we all can. It's pretty easy. It just takes you sticking around a little bit longer, grabbing a vacuum, and just start vacuuming. That's one way that we can serve the Lord together. Yeah, so the, the cleaning crew, you know, cleans up. We, they prepare the, the, the church so that it's nice and clean when we all get here. And then they stick around afterwards and they clean up after church. This ministry is always looking for people who would like to stick around and help out. We also have a hospitality ministry. They provide us with delicious coffee you know, so that you don't fall asleep during the Bible study. Some of you guys probably should have gotten some coffee before this one. But they also take care of the preparation work for potlucks and, and you know, communion services and events like HEA this weekend. You know, so, so the hospitality ministry, there's many opportunities to serve uh, in that group. And there's the ushers and the greeters. Some think that they're hushers and beaters, but no, they're, they're not. They're ushers and greeters who make sure that everyone feels welcome and that visitors receive the direction that they need. They also do their best to limit distractions within the auditorium during the Bible study so that, you know, that people can pay attention. If you're outgoing and friendly and interested in helping others, then you might join one of these ministries. And, and listen, there's a lot to do behind the scenes as the media ministry works on the technical aspects of our services. We have a PowerPoint team, and you really just have to know uh, the basics of, of using a computer. And, and past that, it's just you know, being able to just click buttons. It, it really is that simple. 
The PowerPoint team provides us with the lyrics of our, of our praise songs so that you know, we can sing along as, as, as we praise the Lord. Those, there are those who you know, work on the lighting and video recording and streaming. And, and not only that, but we also have servants who work on things like graphic design and video uh, editing and radio editing and, and, and as well as the website. Lots of opportunities in the media, uh, media ministry. If you're a musician who's been gifted with musical abilities, you know, then you could serve on, on the sound team. We start you out on the sound team first, and, and, and this you know, helps you know, you know, those on the team to, to know how to use the soundboard, and, and it shows you know, faithfulness you know, as you faithfully show up, and, and then the Lord uh, might you know, move you onto the worship team so that you can help you know, lead worship here in our fellowship of faith. We also have a bookstore ministry, which not only includes, you know, uh, helping those who are looking just for a good book to read, but, you know, those in the, uh, who serve in the bookstore ministry also help those who want more information about, you know, various events or uh, how to sign up for something and these sorts of things. So, you know, if you have a heart to help people with guest services, then maybe the bookstore ministry is for you. Finally, I remind you, we have an incredible children's ministry as well as a youth ministry. And, you know, there are many opportunities to help provide our kids with the spiritual guidance that they need. And, and, and you, know, we, you know, the teachers who are, who are teaching uh, also need helpers who can come alongside of them and help. And so maybe you're like, oh, I don't want to teach kids, but you can at least you know, be a helper. If you have a heart for helping kids to know Jesus, I invite you to step up and, and sign up and serve in our children's ministry and, and our youth ministries. Without debate, there are just multiple opportunities to... <laughs> To fulfill our mission as we reach up to God and then reach in serving here at our church. And while it's my vision for every Christian here at Calvary South Austin to serve in some capacity, I would challenge every believer who isn't currently serving, I would challenge you by asking, well, why not? If if the word of God directs us to serve and you're not serving, what is the reason for why you think those verses don't apply to you? Either you're not a believer or you're a disobedient believer. It's one or the other. So if you're not serving, why not? Are you allowing the distractions of this world to keep you from fulfilling the vision of your church? And, and, and if so, then much like the driver who needs to put their phone down in order to focus on, on the road that's before them, we also need to set aside the distractions which would keep us from focusing on uh, the, the vision of this church. In order to remedy this situation, I encourage you to to just take some, uh, some time this evening, you know, before you leave, uh, grab a connection card that's in the chair right in front of you. In the back of that chair is a connection card. And listen, you can just fill out that card and check the boxes of the ministries that you're at least interested to know more about. Just grab that card, check the boxes, put your email address or phone number on there, drop it in one of the collection containers, and someone from those ministries will connect with you this week or next in order to provide you with answers to questions that you might have about what it takes to serve in that ministry. That's a simple step that you can take this evening. And if you already know that you should just be helping out with the maintenance ministry, then stick around 
Talk to Tomas tonight and he'll put a vacuum in your, in your hand and you can get to work. And, and you can do that unto the Lord tonight. It would be a beautiful thing. We have to be serving one another as we reach in. And so we see that the Lord has called us to reach up through prayer, praise, and Bible study. And the Lord has called us to reach in by encouraging one another and serving one another so that our body here at Calvary South Austin can be fully functioning. Finally, the Lord has called us to reach out. And by that, I mean to reach out to the unbelievers you know, here within our community. And with this as the focus, if you will, let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Here in the 10th chapter of Romans, we find the Apostle Paul He's encouraging every believer to reach out. And as you're making your way there to Romans 10, I just want to remind you that the New Testament is filled with instructions which would lead every believer to understand that the Lord is actually calling every single one of us to reach the unbelievers within our sphere of influence. We all know unbelievers. We all know they need Jesus. And so we ought to be the servants and the evangelists who are actually accomplishing the great commission that the Lord has given to every single believer. Not only that, but Paul also presented us with what's called the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, and, And part of this ministry of reconciliation is helping unbelievers to be reconciled to God by faith in Jesus Christ. Here in Romans 10, we also find Paul, he's encouraging us to go out and preach the gospel. It's actually verse 14. Here Paul writes, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Here in these verses we find Paul, he's encouraging the Christians there at the church in Rome to dedicate their lives to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that unbelievers might trust in the Lord. And listen, this was not only the responsibility of those first century believers there in Rome, But this was also the responsibility of every 21st century believer. This is our responsibility here in the church today. And this will be our responsibility uh, until we're dead and with the Lord or uh, or we're raptured. And with that being the case, listen, uh, the Lord has given me a vision uh, to reach out to the lost beginning here in Austin, Texas. You know, world missions is beautiful and, you know, uh, it, it most certainly uh, is a factor, but we're called to Austin first, and we are called to reach Austin, and so we should. We ought to be reaching out at, at our place of work. We ought to be reaching out when we go to the grocery store. We ought to be reaching out when we go to the restaurant. We ought to be reaching out you know, when we engage in our hobbies and, our, and the activities that we enjoy. We got to be looking for those opportunities everywhere we go and looking for the, the opportunity to preach the gospel to the unbelievers that we come into contact with. This should just be, you know, one aspect of our lives. And, and not only that, but listen, as a church, you know, we also use television 
to, to do outreach. You know, we, we put the, the Bible studies that, that we record here. We edit those up and put those on uh, cable access here in Austin, Texas. We also use social media uh, as a way to, to do outreach. And, and so if you jump on the media team and serve in that capacity, you're also engaging in outreach as we create content online uh, for people all over the world. Our daycare is also an outreach. You might not know this, but we actually have a daycare that runs Monday through Friday. And and while some of our kids here in this church attend our daycare, uh, it's also open to people in our community. And there, there are many people who don't go to church here, but they bring their kids to our daycare. And those kids get taught about Jesus Christ. And, and you know what kids do. They go home and tell mom and dad about what they learned. And so we're reaching, we're reaching people that don't go to this church through the daycare. The plan is to get our street evangelism ministry back up and running, and, and there's plans to hopefully do that this year. And, and would it be to God that we would all be excited to be a part of that? We also have a plan to you know, engage in more missions to Mexico and uh, I'm also talking with a buddy of mine in Spain about the possibility of a, a, a trip back to Spain. We want to be a church that reaches out, though. We want to be a church that recognizes that one main reason why the Lord is leaving us here is so that we can help other unbelievers to embrace the gospel of grace. If that wasn't God's plan, then the minute somebody became a Christian, it was just like instant rapture, right? It was like, I'm a Christian, okay, I'm saved, take me out of here. But the Lord leaves us here. And because he wants to use us to reach other unbelievers, and so we should. This is the vision that the Lord has given to me for Calvary South Austin, and I pray that this is a vision that you're ready to accomplish as we begin to engage in more evangelism as the Lord allows. With all this in mind, we can see then that the Lord has called us to reach up through prayer, praise, and Bible study. The Lord is calling us to reach in by encouraging one another and by serving one another here within our fellowship of faith. And the Lord is calling us to reach out so that we can minister to the unbelievers all around us. And as we consider the three parts of our church's vision here, I just want to ask you, are you focused? Are you focusing your attention on these three things? Are you, are you, you know, preparing to accomplish this mission according to the vision that God has given me? Or are you allowing yourselves to be distracted like a, like a driver who's attempting to text their friend while they're driving around? Are we distracted by the new and improved Apple Vision Pro goggles that you know just promise us professional vision, all the while distracting us with all the bells and the whistles? Christian, listen, it's a, it's a simple vision that the Lord has given us. We don't need all the bells, we don't need all the whistles, we don't need all the, the wow factors. We, the Lord is just calling us to reach up, reach in, and reach out. And it really is that simple. And the Lord who led you to this flock is now leading us to to do just that, to keep him first by reaching up, by taking the time to serve one another, reaching in, 
and by getting equipped to preach the gospel as we reach out. Now that we're here in this body, let's agree together to accomplish the vision that he's given us by becoming those dedicated disciples who are reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out by the power of the Holy Spirit and all for the glory of God. Let's pray.